Income inequality that we've been talking about on this program all week is a central focus of the most esoteric of economics right now. You might be saying, well, it's about time. But seriously, income inequality was for a long time difficult to measure compared to growth and employment. But many economists, including the French bombshell theorist Thomas Piketty, believe that inequality is an engine that drives economic inefficiency and may be able to predict an entire economy's downfall. Today, our inequality conversation brings Robert Schiller to us. He's a Yale economist and a recipient of the Nobel Prize. Schiller has been working on this problem for more than a decade. Getting the right handles and measures on inequality, he says, could be the key to dealing with a lot of thorny economic problems that have so far eluded politicians. So the idea that I put forth was that we don't know what inequality is going to be in the future. Maybe it'll improve on its own. We don't have to do anything. But what if it gets worse? We should have a contingency plan. And that form that I would make that plan is an indexation system that automatically raises taxes on the rich if they get really richer. And that's a simple solution that uh, would set in motion a, uh, a process that would at least reduce extremes of inequality that might come in the future. If this were to actually be implemented and there would be a widespread notion that taxes go up if inequality goes up, I wonder if the converse would provide an incentive, that if employers who are at the top end of incomes gave raises and bonuses to their workers, that collectively that would contribute to a sense of, well, if those at the bottom have rising incomes, I'm going to get lower taxes. Well, okay, I guess that's right. It, well, see, the thing that I thought would happen if we had equality indexation is that people would be more tolerant of pro-growth policies that might seem to be opposed today because they might create inequality. But if, if we have a system in place that guarantees that inequality can't get a lot, of, lot worse, then we might as a country be more aggressive in pro-growth policies. And it might ultimately work out to the best thing. Policies that encourage entrepreneurship and get people going on individual businesses might be more palatable if we had a system that guaranteed against worsening inequality. And do you think we could actually get to the point where uh, people on the upper income scale, the so-called 1%, would actually see that it's in their benefit because their taxes would come down that this prosperity is shared at lower levels, either with entrepreneurs or raises on in the industrial yeah. class or in the service sector, that kind of thing? Well, that's what we want to see. I think, actually, it, those people in the top 1% who would fight any efforts to make a less unequal society are making a mistake already because it's not in their interest to be in a highly unequal society. And I think that this is something that, will appeal. This kind of thing ought to appeal to wealthy people as well. It's just not the way we want to live. Would, do you want to live in a gated community with billionaires around you and fearing for the anger of the general common people? That's no fun. It's not the way anyone would, should want to live. It's just not great to be an isolated, super rich person. You start to be fearful of everyone else. You, you know, you're fearful of kidnappers or whatever. And, and, and so much of the pleasure of living is just being with other people and sharing things. So I don't think that it's really against the interest of rich people at all to impose some limit. Now, incidentally, I am not opposed to inequality. 
and fairness dictates that there should be some inequality. Someone who worked a lifetime to build a fortune, and if that's what this person wants, that person should not be see it all just taken away. It's only fair that they should keep a good part of it. But I think that there's some limits on inequality. We don't want it to go too far. And we want to keep a spirit of community uh, and shared values in our society. How do you think the new uh, GOP Congress might uh, you know, respond to proposals that you've made continually? Do you think they'd be more likely to listen to you? Are you more enthusiastic about uh, maybe coming before Congress again in the next term? But the, the real problem that I think Republicans are very sensitive to, I said this already, but it just isn't fair to take someone who's been working 12 hours a day in a, building a business for a lifetime and has the hope of, say, you know, doing something with that money that's meaningful to them. Uh, it's just not fair to take it all away. That's why I'm, I have a proposal that we should get into more risk management institutions like preventing an inequality from developing in the future that is just gratuitous and unrelated to people's efforts. And I'm worried that that could happen because it's, we've seen inequality get worse already. And it's not because the wealth, higher income people are trying harder. It doesn't appear to be. It's because of some economic forces. It's a fully Republican proposal to take insurance measures against worsening inequality. Robert Schiller, Nobel economist and Yale professor, thanks so much. My pleasure. The radical idea of insuring yourself against lower income in uh, later life, insurance as a solution to uh, taxation and all the problems that they argue about in Congress. Tomorrow, the inequality discussion we see around the world in wealth will see mirrored in a severe imbalance in mapping and census data around the world. Some places are mapped and measured down to the square inch. Others have no idea of who the poor are or where they live, or even the size of their communities. Some nations are data poor, and it is a huge problem in trying to correct economic injustices. Addressing inequality, your thoughts? This is Sean from San Antonio, and the answer is plain and simple major tax reform. The middle class is not rich enough to get the tax breaks that they are getting, and neither poor enough to get the government benefits they are receiving. It's just a problem that has been occurring, and the middle class is always being passed up by politicians who promise many things but do not go forth on their promise. This is Rob from Florida. I think there's a misconception that most people think rich people or wealthy people just had things given to them. My family is fairly well-to-do, and we've worked for every penny, and our friends have worked very hard for what they've gotten. From Orlando, Florida, minimum wage is the first step. Inflation has ballooned since the 1970s, yet the American paycheck has not. From Monroe, North Carolina, provide free secondary education in exchange for some form of public or civil service term. This is Charles in Everett, Washington. As to the disparity between haves and have-nots, we're simply witnessing the abject failure of a 34 year experiment, a rather brutal one, in trickle-down economics. Supply-side economics, along with the dismantling of any meaningful campaign finance laws, has rendered our democracy an oligarchy. Just that simple. 
Philomena from Westchester, I think the only thing we can do is continue to point out and expose and address and talk about the disparity between those that have and those that have not. To leave it unsaid is a dangerous path. And from Grand Prairie, Texas, the larger the gap, the less sustainable the system. Sooner or later, it will collapse on itself, no matter what measures we take to improve fairness. We've seen it over and over again in civilization throughout history. Lots to say there, lots to talk about in our discussion on income inequality will continue all week long. Share your ideas. Before we go, a reminder, we're making a Christmas tree list and we're checking it twice at thetakeaway.org. We want to know where you are, how big your tree is, how much it costs, the takeaway tree index. You can be a data point at thetakeaway.org. You can call us too at 8778-MY-TAKE or tweet at the takeaway. Scott's Pine, Norwegian Spruce, one's made of plastic. A fur. We want to know about them all. Thanks so much for listening. I'm John Hockenberry. Won't that takeaway Christmas tree map of the United States look so beautiful on your mantelpiece? This is The Takeaway. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex. Of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.